Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Hello and welcome to this, the first episode of Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence's Compliance Clarified podcast. My name is Susanna Hammond and I'm Senior Regulatory Intelligence Expert here at TRRI. I'm delighted to welcome you to our new podcast series covering the extremely wide range of topics impacting compliance officers in financial services firms. The regulatory environment is ever changing around the world, and it has been even more challenging for compliance officers during the COVID-19 pandemic. We've designed the Compliance Clarified podcast to help compliance officers make sense of the often intricate and complex world of financial services regulation, which is now overlaid with expectations which aren't in any of the black and white of the rulebook. The role and remit of the compliance officer is ever growing and senior compliance officers in particular have had to become true polymaths, mastering not only detailed subject matter expertise, but also the qualitative mysteries of culture and conduct risk. During the series, we'll be covering the hot topics of the day, the challenges faced and hope to offer up practical ideas for emerging good practice. All in all, clarifying compliance. For this, our first podcast, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my colleague, Mike Cowan. Mike has a wealth of compliance experience and was the co-author with me on the fifth annual report on FinTech, RegTech and the role of compliance. This FinTech report represents the views and experiences of over 400 risk and compliance practitioners from around the world. The report was published in late 2020 and has already been downloaded about 450 times. Mike and I will chat about the report findings in just a moment, but first a bit of background on the report itself. First off, it considers what compliance officers can and indeed should do about both fintech and regtech solutions that is using the technology themselves, as well as helping their firm's digital transformation. Now, what the report doesn't do is evaluate specific solutions, but rather assesses the evolving governance, skills and resources needed to get the best from that technology. Now, throughout the report, we have used the industry standard definitions, and these are Financial Stability Board defines FinTech as technologically enabled innovation in financial services that could result in new business models, applications, processes or products with an associated material effect on financial markets and institutions and the provision of financial services. Then the UK's Financial Conduct Authority then defines RegTech as a subset of FinTech that focuses on technologies that may facilitate the delivery of regulatory requirements more efficiently and effectively than existing capabilities. Now, Mike, that's what the regulatory rule books and the definitions say constitutes FinTech and RegTech, but what do those actually look like in practice? Well, blimey, that was a bit of a bit of a mouthful, wasn't it? To start to start the uh, the first podcast. Well, we start with the definitions. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely, um, uh, and, uh, and and that's great. But and I think as a bit of background, what 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 I'll do is I'll give a bit of context into the current state of the marketplace. The fintech um, industry, a marketplace, is a growing one. It has been over recent years. 
um, lots of innovation, lots of new application, lots of buy-in from financial services firms and customers to what fintech is trying to do. There is demand there. Um, our, the report, the Thomson Reuters report, suggested that 70% of firms showed that they had increased reliance on fintech solutions during the pandemic. But the, the supply is met, maybe is waned a little through 2020. Um, products slowed in 2020 after increasing year on year in the previous years. Um, the uncertainty of the pandemic has reduced the level of fintech deals, uh, but companies in many sectors uh, remain resilient and are attractive targets actually going forward into 2021. And many analysts uh, suggest that the fintech market will boom again through 2021. Um, some of the applications that, th that are still very popular are things like trading platforms, uh, e-commerce platforms, um, uh, know your customer and anti-money laundering solutions, other regulatory services in the reg tech space, which we'll come on to during the course of this, um, uh, this podcast, uh, data management and analytics solutions, and actually any, pretty much any solution that allows uh, firms to work remotely has been popular through 2020. However, there is good reason for the slowing through 2020. The, the pandemic has meant that investors have become more risk averse in when trying to pick up startups and, and invest in, in up and coming firms. And firms, financial services firms focus has, has changed as well. Obviously their focus, especially through March and April, turned to um, their operational resilience and making sure that their core operations worked rather than developing fintech, regtech, insurtech solutions within their firms. That said, there are applications um, that, that are predicted to do well in, in 2021. And these are, are for two reasons. Um, firstly, as I've mentioned, the need for remote working cashless environments and online shopping all of which have been have been um, solid customer bases through 2020 and will re remain so during 2021 and the firms need to adapt more quickly to cater for the financial impacts of the pandemic in fact the thomson reuters report showed that the increases in efficiency were one of the top reasons why firms used fintech solutions now this is all great. It shows a very glowing picture of a very healthy marketplace. And that's fantastic. Uh, there's a thriving industry with coming up with more and more innovative solutions and more and more people are buying into that. Um, for example, and I've mentioned a few of these already, but things like payment applications, banking applications, insurance applications have all got a, an attractiveness to firms. Um, and that 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 are, that are being picked up, but for firms to have been have, su have successfully deployed fintech solutions, there still needs to be a solid foundation of corporate governance within firms, and for me this is key. To to expand on this slightly, just slightly, one of the challenges identified by the report was that firms reported that confidence in their IT infrastructure to support fintech solutions was beginning to grow 
um, after a drop in, in 2018, but more than half, 52%, uh, were only mostly confident that their IT infrastructure is or will be able to support a fintech solution or some form of upgrade going forward. And that 52% seems low. I would have imagined that firms should have more confidence in their current IT capabilities to be able to um, expand on and to, to root a new fintech application. Can I and pick so, up on that point, Mike? Of course, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, there's, I mean, it really doesn't matter almost how fit for purpose your fintech or your regtech application is if you're not building it on firm foundations in with regard to your IT infrastructure, isn't that almost, you know, waste of time and money? Should the focus be on fixing your IT infrastructure first before you even begin to consider building technological solutions on top? Um, yes, um, I, 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 I would agree. Um, and I think I think IT governance is a subset of corporate governance and form as many of the of the disciplines that um, that, that the generic corporate governance has. And it's on that basis that firms should develop their IT capabilities and therefore add the specialist solutions of fintech, regtech, initiatech, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of these, uh, some of these disciplines, um, what I would have expected to see in some form within a firm is that the use of, of fintech solutions, for example, should be board led and, and a firm has a fintech strategy that dovetails with the corporate strategy. There, there should be governance committees that challenge the proposals and the, the ongoing performance of these solutions. Clear ownership and accountability of arrangements for, for, uh, for the fintech um, application being installed. Um, and project management disciplines, and this maybe hits at the, at the point that you, you're making here from a more generic IT governance perspective, in that when introducing IT applications, there, there is things there's things like good things like design and testing and system system capability and um and basically making sure that the it system does what it says on the tin and i've i would include these in, in, in whatever project management disciplines firms use to be able to deploy an it solution such as a fintech solution and these project management disciplines should include the things like the good old fashioned uh, um, um, traditions of risk and control frameworks and be able to identify and assess and manage risks as they, they appear within a project or within a deployment. And also we can't not mention governance without mentioning the three lines of defense and the fact that the, the first, second and third lines of defense should be in place to be able to monitor and report on the performance of of solutions of controls through manage through management and governance committees. So um, so all in all, I would suggest that governance, as I've said, is key. Whether that be at the the high level IT well okay the high level corporate perspective, the IT deployment perspective or indeed the individual fintech application perspective. All of which needs some pretty robust technological, if not downright specialist skill sets 
Um, and, and we know all too well that boards perhaps are somewhat lacking in those skills. So is that another area that boards or well, firms generally need to think about before they tackle technological solutions? It is, and it came up very strongly in the report that actually boards and compliance functions um, are, are lacking in this sort of discipline in IT, cybersecurity, this sort of, of, of skill. And, um, it, and it came across very strongly uh, in that now that boards are getting these applications presented to them, they now not only need the um, uh, uh, the disciplines of uh, governance and finance and the other make the other things that make up a, a good director of a firm, but they're now needing to have an IT specialism. Mm -hmm. If not for every board director, there at least should be some some um, um, board member who has a, a, a significantly deep enough. IT um, level of knowledge to be able to advise and challenge what the business want to do. So at board level, this 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 comes across uh, as as an important point, but also it's coming up across as an important point in compliance um, departments. As you said in your opening, Susanna, the the skill the range of skills and the range of requirements that are being placed upon an IT function and on a compliance function is uh, significant is expanding and they are all to varying or lesser degrees uh, requiring some form of IT specialism and fintech is 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 no different there needs to be within a compliance function some form of fintech expertise some sort of wider it expertise that allows the compliance function to be able to, to carry out its duties with regards to uh, to deployment of fintech applications yes and and that holds equally true for regtech applications which the compliance function itself would deploy to help with its own activities i mean that the skill sets have to be very similar at that point um Moving on, I mean, we, we've talked about some of the challenges in the sort of bigger picture for getting or the, shall we say the base plates for getting in place um, what's needed in terms of governance. So why get it right almost is, is the question. So what's the regulatory impact of getting it wrong? I mean, what's the downside for firms if, if this all goes pear shaped on them? Yeah, this, this is this is a very uh, this is a very tricky question um, for firms because there is no rule book per se that, that I that I know of that tells you that the the intricacies of putting together an IT deployment or getting IT governance correct um, um, from a from a financial services regulatory perspective that is, and so and yet the the the, the regulators have fined firms quite substantial amounts of money for IT failures now. Many of these may not be, be be related to relatively small fintech solutions, which many firms will be um, will be um, employing. But the principles still apply here in that the larger the IT failure, um, there is still going to be some regulatory scrutiny on it. 
I mean, if we go back a few years, um, in 2012, RBS and NatWest were fined 42 million for IT failures that prevented their customers getting access to their to their uh, money to their current accounts. Mm -hmm. um, in May 2019, in the UK, the PRA and the and the FCA jointly fined our Raphael and Son 1.9 million for um, and, well IT glitches that were to do with their third party suppliers. But again, the end outcome was the same in that customers couldn't were unable to access their uh, payment and charge cards on on, on, on that, that example. And I suppose I suppose I think this is still ongoing, actually, from a regulatory perspective. But in September uh, 2018, the then chief executive TSB uh, stepped down from the post after um, a mishandled IT migration problem. Um, that again left thousands of, 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 of bank customers unable to access accounts. Uh, and I believe that, that the regulators are still looking into that. Yeah, well, um, the, the case of um, Dr. Pesto, who was the TSB chap, I mean, he ended up sitting in front of the Treasury Select Committee, which is a governmental body here in the UK, um, and displayed, shall we say, his lack of understanding of the IT implications of what was going on. And the Select Committee took the really very unusual step of writing a letter of no confidence about him and saying they no longer had faith that this chap was um, capable, effectively, of running a bank. So he had okay. no choice but to go. Um, and and the, the thread with the regulators, by and large, is if your IT breach or failure impacts good customer outcomes, then that you will be subject to financial services regulatory scrutiny. Um, but there are other more rule book specific fines, I mean, transaction reporting, prevention of money laundering. There, there's a, a, a long and somewhat uh, dishonorable shopping list of IT impact on being able to be compliant. I'm completely right. I mean, I think that um, I, 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 I completely agree with you in that the more I class them as more indirect fines, if you like, but things like transaction reporting, AML breaches, they've all been subject to multiple um, regulatory fines uh, around the world. Um, and a lot of the control around those processes will be embedded within fintech reg tech solutions and getting this, getting the IT solution wrong therefore may have a consequence that actually you get the 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 overall objective of of, of of reporting your transactions accurately or you not kycing your customers correctly um wrong as well and that sort of that sort of is a, is a double hit a double whammy if you like and that double whammy i think perhaps even makes it a triple whammy because we now have such personal accountability um, oh, indeed, yes. the, the failures we're talking about in terms of IT um, mostly occurred pre the senior managers regime here in the UK and yes. the proliferation of accountability regimes around the world. So now if you have an IT solution implemented, whether that's a fintech or a regtech or whatever, which has is under the responsibility of a senior manager and that goes wrong for whatever reason, not only are you likely as a firm to be fined for that breach of compliance, but that senior manager who holds that responsibility for that area isn't also going to be in the spotlight for why things went wrong. So for me, that's a very big 
hook for senior managers to perhaps get even more involved in fintech, regtech, IT governance in general, to make sure they understand and to make sure it, it's done properly in that sense. And, and uh, Mr. Pester is a prime example of the consequences of not getting it, not, not getting Absolutely. it right. Absolutely. Um, and I suppose you could add to that the, the problems at the co-op bank, which had a, 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 a senior manager's implication as well, um, in that a lot of the problems with the co-op bank face historically were around IT systems and the development and the implications of legacy systems and being able to develop those into their future model, as it were. So, mm -hmm. so yes, no, I completely agree. So we, we've looked at the governance and we've looked at um, the really pretty severe impact of getting all of this wrong. So if we begin to look towards the future and strategically what firms would like to be able to do with this technology, because it really does have huge potential benefits. So what are firms currently using RegTech FinTech for? And then we move on and see, well, where would they like it to go in that sense? Well, I think the first thing to say here is that um, actually, albeit the fintech industry maybe has, has suffered a slight dip within 2020 because of the pandemic and the knock-on effects of that, actually regtech and regtech solutions have done actually quite well through it. Uh, firms are seeing some value in the, the applications that, that regtech covers. Um, this, the, the report shows that 34% of firms RegTech solutions were influencing the management of compliance and 32% of firms said that their budgets would grow for RegTech, which obviously shows a desire to, 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 to do something um, with it. Um, the, 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 the Thomson Reuters report also showed that the areas of RegTech that were being used most frequently were things like a compliance monitoring, uh, financial crime, which would include your know your customer checking um, facilities, uh, regulate and regulatory reporting. Uh, those were the top three. Um, and although the report showed that firms were getting the most from the output from the RegTech in their operational management, um, these operational management solutions tend to be quite binary. They tend to be a database or a workflow solution that present a compliance officer, for example, with a, a series of, of data or a report that needs further, um, further analysis. Um, where the real win for me, for RegTech, will, have, will be where um, the, the outputs from RegTech solutions have a direct input into a firm's strategy mm -hmm. with, with easily accessible automated analysis that draws accurate and understandable conclusions for senior management to to uh, to base their strategic decisions on. And that for shows example, a real, oh, sorry, I'm interrupting, that shows a no, no, real no, act of faith though, doesn't it? You absolutely have to be able to rely on your RegTech solution if you are going to be using it as a trusted input into your strategy. Sure, and and don't get me wrong. I don't believe that the that the industry, the regtech industry, is is there yet. I think it's making admirable grounds um, on addressing operational problems um, at the departmental level, shall we say? But I don't think that that regtech has actually quite got to strategic input yet. Now, I'm sure that many listeners will 
will um, may disagree with that in that they may well be using the outputs from their regtech solutions in subsequent reports that form the basis of um, strategic analysis documents uh, and that's great and, and I'm, I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen not at all um, what all I'm saying is that the, 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 the that regtech as it develops needs to hone itself to be able to at a push of a button develop that strategic analysis mm-hmm. um, and you know let's get this let me give you an example for, for uh, if a, if a firm potentially wanted to um, expand its business into another country into another jurisdiction um, then perhaps a regtech solution on its own or with very little um, compliance input um, provide an assessment of the regulatory risks of that strategy um, and like I say at the touch of a button um, or maybe where a firm wishes to expand into a new customer demographic um, that the regtech solution may provide a more detailed profile of the the money laundering risks or the the outcomes that could happen within that cohort uh, of customers or or, or whatever uh, with identifying things like exceptions and trends and and stuff like that now I'm being a, those are a couple of loose examples to be honest and I am looking at the um, from a blue sky perspective and I think that's where I'm going with this really I think that that the reg tech industry not only needs to satisfy its operational um, objectives which it is doing and which it continues to do but then the next step and the re- and I believe the real key to complete success of, the, of, of a reg tech solution is then having the real strategic input at board level to make this absolutely um, absolutely uh, valuable to the firm. Mm-hmm. Now, so where are well, we sorry. in terms of um, the buzzwords of artificial intelligence and machine learning? Is is that all going to be tied up in regtech fairly soon? Do you think? Well, yes, I would hope so because you're absolutely right in in, in that that is the next step for on that path that I've just laid out. If the regtech solutions at the moment are presenting compliance officers firms with a load of very useful data then the next step is to overlay that with an artificial intelligence solution or a machine learning solution that analyzes that data and pulls out the main points or pulls out how um, the firms can use that in a more constructive way in fact the uh, the fintech report does actually have a section on on the future and on what the future sh- on what the future of fintech regtech could look like and some of the maybe some of the challenges within there artificial artificial intelligence is one and like i say that is the 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 analysis that the automated analysis of the data that uh, that, that firms already get out of regtech solutions um because a lot of the data can be seen as noise and it is difficult to then extract what the main signals from that noise are and artificial intelligence and machine learning can remove this noise and um, and help management understand what they're actually seeing and like I say we're, we're quite a, in places we're quite a long way away from, from that 
I think the other things, the other three things that uh, the report explores are things like financial inclusion. So moving out of reg tech and back into the larger fintech space, um, fintech is there to improve financial inclusion and to promote financial inclusion so that applications can be used by firms and by customers and by governments, in fairness, um, on a more wide uh, appeal, on a more wide basis. Um, and and the, the report explores how that's happening and where that's going in the future. I think, I think the next point is the, the cross-border and regulatory perimeter point. Now, there's no doubt that a, that a fintech solution can break down borders, it can be applied across a number of jurisdictions, and it can, can facilitate global business easier. Um, but one of the things that perhaps is holding this back is the uh, plethora of regulations, not only as we've discussed in the direct space, directly relating to fintech, uh, artificial intelligence, etc., uh, in that space, but also in the indirect space of the type of business that the firm wishes to do. And I suppose one of the, the, the greatest examples of this at the moment is the data privacy laws mm -hmm. and how data privacy laws are restricting business cross-border um, uh, at the moment. And I suppose the final point that the, the, the report makes on the future is around big tech. And... I mean, I don't think that we've seen the full impact of, of big tech on the fintech industry yet. They obviously have a great deal of, of, to, of value to add to the fintech space in terms of speed, efficiency, economies of scale. But the big boys in, in the IT space are perhaps being put off by the increased regulation that we've touched on a couple of times, or they may even be being put off by the size of the opportunity that's in front of them. As I say, a lot of the firms are using fintech to, as a tactic, really, to address some of their operational management problems. And those might be firm specific or, or really only applicable to a small group of a small cohort of financial services firms. And it may not be attractive at the moment for the, for the big boys to, uh, to get involved in that. But what we're, what, what we're seeing is that uh, some of the big boys are getting, some of the big tech firms are getting involved in financial services, maybe a little bit through the back door, through non-regulated routes, routes such, such as being outsourced providers um, uh, uh, and, and that sort of thing. And so big tech, unfortunately, will be something to look out for in the future and is definitely one, uh, one to watch. Yes, I, th I think big tech has the almost inherent advantage that it has a huge number of existing customers and the, the sort of IT architecture and infrastructure already built. And it is using the thin end of the wedge of mostly payment services to build and further broaden that relationship it has with its existing customer base. And it's doing that without the full weight of the financial services rule book, which is what a bank would have or a securities broker would have. So I think big tech potentially is a particular problem for the future in the sense that you've got the same set of business going on, say a payment services, 
but with very different rule books applying because it's either a big tech or a bank that's doing it. So I think that you're absolutely right, Mike. That is completely one to watch. Yes, and I think I think as things develop in that space and things are already starting to develop in jurisdictions around the world, the more um, uh, regulators will get on top of the risks that big tech firms uh, um, expose the financial services industry to and regulations will have to uh, adjust accordingly. But the thing about regulation is, um, and we might come on to this in a little bit more detail in a minute, is that um, the industry are already calling out for regulators to not be a barrier to innovation. And that is something that I think fintech firms, whether they be big tech or, or, or other, are worried about. The fact that regulation in the fintech in the fintech world is relatively new and regulators are just catching up with the types of um, development that the fintech boys can provide. And therefore, while it's relatively new and while innovation can 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 run rampant, as it were, th through the industry, um, the regulators are looking at, well, what are the risks that can, that, 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 mm. that, that this innovation uh, is is uh, is gen generating? And the big and I guess fintech a little bit maybe is nervous around how the regulators are going to respond to this. In fact, the, the report itself um, suggested that um, the, the, the amount of regulation um, is a challenge uh, to, to the industry. Uh, and we've seen that in not only fintech reports in the past, but in cost of compliance reports uh, from Thomson Reuters. So, um, so this year we've probably seen a little bit more regulation than in the past around uh, fintech in that in october 2020 the european parliament adopted a series of recommendations around the future of artificial intelligence and in june iosco the international organization for securities commissions uh, issued a consultation paper to assist its members in providing regulatory frameworks for the supervision of market intermediaries and asset managers that use artificial intelligence and machine learning so already we've, we've got a couple of examples there of areas where regulators are starting to look at the implications of artificial intelligence and to, to direct either supervisors or firms in the right ways to be able to do this. And of course, I mean, as we've touched on, uh, um, we've got the more indirect regulations around the uh, the the um practices that fintech are being used for so the disciplines of uh, money laundering the fifth money laundering directive in the in the in the eu um, deals with the financial crime applications that are out there or the payment services directive again in the eu um, deals with the payment systems that are out there so again as we've seen as we as you've seen there's a there's a, there's a real soup of regulations that fintech firms depending on which industry they're in or multiple industries have got to deal with. And I think one of the challenges for regulators, which we've already touched on for firms themselves, is skills. I mean, just as the firms themselves at pretty much all levels need to make sure they have the appropriate skill sets that cover the, all aspects of technology, 
The same goes equally for the regulators. So it's entirely possible that those skill sets are going to be at even more of a premium because both firms and regulators are looking for them. And you need not only, you know, the understanding of the technology, what it can and perhaps even more importantly, can't do for you. But you also need to combine that with knowledge of financial services and the strategy and what a good customer outcome looks like. So, yes, I think uh, the skill sets point for the regulators is just as valid as the skill set point for the firms themselves. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, the the difference between the regulators and the firms on the skill sets point is the regulators have got to deal with it. They haven't got they haven't got an issue. They haven't got a, a decision to make here. They are financial services regulators for whatever jurisdiction they're looking at, and financial and fintech solutions, artificial intelligence, machine learning is coming. That is a given to whatever they're doing. Firms can actually decide depending on their size versatility variety of of um, of solute of offerings to not use a fintech solution and i think we found that in the report that there was a percentage of firms that decided not to um, go down the fintech route um, and i think from i think moving from regulators to firms if at this point that firms were seeing that the things that you've mentioned susanna around cost and availability were actually too restrictive for them to employ a, a fintech solution and they couldn't have they didn't have the resource whether that be time money appetite to get into those sort of um, um, fintech solutions with what they could afford or what they had in in-house in and of course the i mean this is will largely apply to a lot of the smaller firms. Um, but equally across the piece, there will be, there's the old argument that if it's not broke, don't fix it. And so a lot of firms will have looked at their current processes, whether they be FinTech solutions or, or other type of IT solutions or, um, or manual processes and decided that, no, we're actually happy with what we've got and we're not going to, to, to to incur the extra cost or time and effort to automate these sort of things. It, in, in the long run, that might be seen as a rather uh, a retro, retrograde step, but at the moment, that might be another reason why firms are not picking up the FinTech baton. And on that note, Mike, thank you very much indeed. I mean, I, the fit whole space of FinTech and RegTech is absolutely fascinating and has such potential for financial services firms to be of real benefit, not only to them themselves, but also their customers. But as with so many things, you've got to do it right to get the benefits. And if you do it wrong, the downside really can be very profound. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Compliance Clarified. As ever, we hope you found it both interesting and useful. For a download of the FinTech report and for further information on Thomson Reuters regulatory intelligence itself, there are a number of links in the episode notes. Our 12th annual cost of compliance survey is still open. So if you would like to take part in that, the link for that is also in the episode notes. That report will be published in quarter two of 2021. 
And then last but absolutely not least, we would very much appreciate it if you would take the time to review the podcast and in particular, let us know any suggestions you may have for future topics to be discussed on Compliance Clarified. Goodbye. Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence.